0: Yes, is back for the 2023-2024 A-League season. If you're not familiar with who we are, we're the only fan voice on the interwebs for the Melbourne Victory Football Club. We're independent and this will be our ninth season doing this. My name is Dave. I'm joined by two other gentlemen. I can see them here, and they they look Almost as bad as I feel as well. I've come down with the Rona and the man of the people. I'm looking at him here. He looks pretty, pretty tired and uh, sick as well, mate. But we're here to keep on bucking. How how are you, mate?
1: Mate, I'm sick. You're sick. But the only thing I'm sick of more than this sickness is no Melbourne victory and no A-League and it's back. I'm so pumped, Mm. guys. The A-League's back in Australia and everybody's talking about it. <laughs> Not really, but we're back. FES is here to talk about the A-League because if no one else does, we will.
0: Clarky, Clarky, I think you're, you're the only one with us at the moment that, that's a picture of health.
2: How are you, my good man? Yeah, let me touch some wood right about now. Um, Dave Buds and to all the Vox out there, hello. Hello. Um, it's good to be back, much like Buds I've got apathy in spades for this season, but the one thing I'm absolutely pumped for once again is that I get to sit down with you fine gentlemen and we get to get our vuck on because basically that's all that's keeping me hanging on right now. So uh, how about we get straight into it, mate?
0: Yeah, I've had enough of, of the apathy personally. I'm, I'm ready
2: to, to just put on put
0: on my... Big boy boots and a brave face and ready to attack what will be, you know, I think it was it's a 20th A-League season now. But it's it's just yeah, look, I, I get where you guys are coming from. It's it's been a slog, it's been hard work and many reasons for us to you know not be as interested as we once were. But we're here tonight to ensure that everyone is primed and ready for the season uh it's a big big show uh, ahead but before we dive into some of the topics that we'll be running through i want to talk about fes the season ahead our patreon campaign the discord and all the exciting things that have happened because there are changes ahead and clarky i'm gonna handball it to you here because there's there's some exciting developments in this space um Tell us a little bit about what we've done to these new Patreon uh, rewards and and the categories that are available.
2: Certainly Dave. Well, yeah, as Dave said, we've made a few changes. Um there's no price changes, so we're not we're not moving with with the cost of living and in and in inflation. We're not r- raising the prices of the tiers. We're keeping that all the same, but we're just moving some of the the rewards around and and we've added a few other ones and it's all about sort of just trying to make it easier for us to fulfill um, all the rewards to you guys and to get it out to you guys quicker. So um, if you go on to um, patreon.com slash for fuck's sake, you can have a look and see um, all the usual stuff. So you'll still get a shout out. You'll still get access to the, to the discord server and, um, but what we're adding is we're adding in um, at one of the tiers, the soon coming soon FES sticker pack. So we're talking FES logo, Mon The Vuck. So hopefully we see some Mon The Vuck stickers on your cars and, and so forth. Um, there's a new VIP discord channel for some of the higher tiers. Um access, early access to future merch drops, discounted merch at some levels, and at the top level, if you're a rich fucker, you will get free merch. That's right. Anything we drop, you will get for free. So we've done a bit of changing around. It should be much easier for us to get you your rewards in your hands as quickly as possible, and we're pumped. And it's important for us to tell the story here, particularly if you're new
0: to the the club, and new to the league, and new to FVS, you know, we're a fan-made podcast channel that have created a community, and we are fueled by that community. We we literally do this outside of our day jobs to entertain yourselves and ourselves, uh, and just to be that, I guess, partner with you in the season of Melbourne Victory and the A-League that's coming, and four people have joined us On that journey in recent weeks, we've got Damien Kuzek, Dylan Ingle, Eddie Georgelin and Mr. Reed. And you too can have your name read out on the podcast if you join up. And the Discord is just where it's all happening. So we'll park that there for now. We'll talk more about that. And there's also going to be another Patreon event this season. We haven't yet figured out exactly when and where that will be. But last season's one, which happened before things turned fair shape uh, for the Melbourne Victory last season, uh, was just phenomenal. There was about 100-plus people at the Terminus Hotel in Abbotsford, and it was just a phenomenal day, uh, even though the Vuck didn't win. But, yeah, we'll be doing another one of those again this season. But let's talk about what is ahead in this podcast. Now, we will talk about the Launch of the A-League women's season and how the WAC went on Sunday. But the bulk of the content tonight is really previewing the season ahead, the 2023-2024 season. Last episode, we dived into the 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 signings, the ins and outs, and the, the composition of the squad. This time around, we'll be looking at the tactics the best 11, how do we stack up against the rest of the league? How are you, the listener, going to be informed and know what you're talking about to your mates when you're talking about the vuc We will analyse all of that. We will talk about how we see the season unfolding and we're going to provide you with the usual uh, predictions most of which will probably be wrong by season's end. And there's a lot of other little (laughs) bits and bobs that we're going to talk about. There are rumours of the grand final decision being overturned. There was the members forum last night, facial technology. Sorry, I mean facial recognition technology. Then there's all the other bits and pieces, news items, and other things going on in and around the club. If the launch of this new season has snuck up on you, you've come to the right place to get yourself informed. This is the definitive season preview pod for Buck's sake.
2: Hi, it's Nishan Vellaflay, and you're listening to For Buck's sake.
0: Football, football, Fit Bar, it's back. The A-League women's kicked off this weekend, just gone. Really, the gloss and shine of the outstanding. Women's World Cup carried over into this opening weekend with some record-breaking crowds, some great football. It was the first game for the WAC at the new home of the Matildas in Bandura. Unfortunately, though, Jeff Hopkins' side couldn't open proceedings with a W. Gentlemen, what did you make of it? I'm, I'm intrigued, but also not too concerned with, you know, the L in round one.
2: Crowd was fantastic. Um, I, I really think you're going to see um, some some huge improvement um, and some momentum behind the women's game after the World Cup. And um, the home of the Matildas is um, where the, the Waka now base this season is. Is that those girls absolutely deserve world class facilities? They've been a um, a shining light for this football club and worked in pretty hard circumstances for a number of years and to see them playing, you know, on a pitch like that, training in facilities like that, it's, um, it's amazing. And it's, it's thoroughly deserved. Um, it was a great crowd, um, by all who went, the feedback was positive. There was more food trucks there than a festival of football. Uh, (laughs) you know, the, the grandstand was full well before kickoff. Um, it's really good signs, um, and I think it's going to be a great place. It's easy to get to. Um, I heard the parking was a bit. Speak iffy, for yourself, mate. Yeah, well, you know, it's ten minutes for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'll yeah. Unfortunately,
1: I'll, unfortunately, I was moving house on Saturday, so um, you know, living living in the area for you know nine years, and then the the day I move out of my house uh, <laughs> to closer to the city. Uh, the game is on, but I hope everyone went there. I hope you got my tip to just go down the road a little bit and to the hockey courts. Uh, that's uh, get, right. the, get the band me, get, get the band me van. Yeah, but um, my point. spies tell me that there was a bigger crowd there than they get at South Melbourne men's.
2: Oh, might have to do a McManiel crowd count mm-hmm. then.
0: And if they start winning, it'll start to break all sorts of records. But, look, I think that the main message or, you know, the main theme to take away and what was quite noticeable is that the WAC look like a team that is in transition. The squad arrivals have been late. Hopkins is putting it all together still while it's in flight. So mm. I suspect that chemistry will take some time to bet in. The new players arriving Learning his system and getting acclimatised, nothing to worry about, but it was a two one loss to Brisbane Raw. There was a consolation goal of sorts, Ella O'Grady, injury time, just towards the end, but there just wasn't enough time at the end there to potentially snatch an equaliser. Brisbane looked good for their for their two goals, it has to be said, uh, and mm-hmm. would be pleased as punch with taking three points against the highly fancy Jeff Hopkins um, A-League women's side. All right. Now, let's d- dive into the, the main portions of this podcast this week. The last podcast we did, we discussed the ins and the outs. We know what the squad, the Melbourne Victory A-League men's squad, is all about in terms of who's come in, who's come out. Go listen back if you haven't. Very important. But when it comes to figuring out what's ahead for us this coming season, there's been a bit of a limited data set for us fans and limited eyeballs on the team due to the amount of these behind-closed-doors friendlies and, of course, our early exit from the Australia Cup. So we haven't had the usual three or four friendlies to attend maybe a couple of cup games on the telly or a cup game to attend, to be able to really get a sense of what this team is looking like on the pitch. We've seen the goal scorers and the highlights, but you can't really, in my view, get a full sense of what's ahead with just that. But we know one thing's for certain. We have Tony Popovich as our manager. We've discussed that and the circumstances around that the people complaining can stop complaining about that because he's our manager and that's that and we got to get behind him and as far <laughs> as i'm concerned we are going to get behind him but he has to change his approach and now gentlemen i'm going to throw to you guys because tactically it seems to be that the formula from last season has been adjusted i mm. did notice some different movement different dynamics in the midfield and out wide. We're still playing, I think, with a pretty similar 4-3-3 slash 4-2-3-1, that shape. Four and roll-y sort of up the top, the two wide players. And that's more or less what we've seen this, this preseason. But my first question to you, gents, is this. Will Popper ball be different this season?
1: I, I, I've i never seen it be different. So I I, I don't believe so. I don't i don't have a it's been my thing um reason to believe it's it's been my mantra for the whole off season and i don't have much of a reason to believe I' am trying to be i'm not, I'm not trying to be neg- i'm not trying to be negative or dampen it on it or you know say it's going to be a bad season or anything like that at all i just you know to answer the question i, I don't i don't really feel like tony's gonna you know decide to change it up for season three that's all
0: very good. We'll come back to that because I've got. To, I want to pick that apart a little bit. But Clarkey, Popperball, new season. His third season at the club. What are mm. you expecting?
2: Well, look, this is. I'm I'm in a similar camp to Buds, but I'm also. This is one of the seasons where I'm coming in, and I just I genuinely don't know. Like, it's. I think it's easy to say that it'll be a continuation of the same, but. I guess then everything we've heard about like a a bit more of a focus on youth or, you know, a few others coming through, you kind of hope, well, at least there's something that comes out of this season. For me, um, I'm setting my bar pretty low. Um, I'm almost not concerned that much about the table because I look at our squad and I don't think we've got a squad that's able to compete at the pointy end what I want to see is that the season is not wasted, that we put some good minutes into some talents. We develop a culture. We we rediscover an identity on and off the park. Um, I don't mind losing, but it, if, you know, it's losing, but we're working towards something, you can see what we're working towards. But I just don't know. Like, I just feel like we're in a world of pain when we've got, 36-year-old Bruno Fornaroli as our sole striker. And I think that's where it starts. Now, he saved us from the bottom last year. And I was I was happy to have him. I was on board straight away, as, as you know. But I think what I said closing off last season was I'm happy for him to stay. But as a bench role, he cannot be the starting striker. And he's the starting striker. And... It just goes from bottom down, top down. I just mm-hmm. it doesn't instill the confidence in me. Um, and you know, we've got another year of Chris Economides. What's going to happen there? Is it going to be the same from him? Um, you know, Daniel Azani. We've we've just dis- we've discussed him at length already. It, it could be absolute genius, or it could be him just going to another club, and 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 just going along this current trajectory that he's on. I just, I don't know. I don't see it, but I'm willing to be surprised.
0: Now, of course, none of us really know because we're not fortune tellers. But for me, the answer is yes, it will be different this season. And it's due to what I'm going to call, if you'll indulge me, the alchemy of football. So let's look back to season one of Tina. Tony Popovich, the combinations were correct. The work ethic was there. The recruits were by and large good. Things worked. Then last season, we saw the, the neutrons and protons fucking collide in a destructive way. There were all these outside influences that affected the chemical reactions taking place. And I just think that, This third season of Poppable, there's been some small alterations made in the back room, a few different formulas, you know, Bunsen burners, burning beakers and all that shit, you know. (laughs) Science class. And in the back room, there's been those changes on the pitch with personnel, and I think there's been a simplification to the approach. As I said, we've got a limited data set, but what I've seen has been more of a simplification. So on top of that appointment of the new you know uh, backroom as well, he's got a new brains trust, a new sort of setup internally for him to bounce his ideas off and so on. So that's my little segue into I'll, I'll what- tell you
1: I'll tell you how it'll be different. I'll tell you how it'll be different. There's only one way this will be different because you know you look at it and you've got, you know as Clark has pointed out, the back the, the two center halves are, are settled and that's great and Ray as the shielding defensive mid is great for me it's pretty much the same except for uh, Kmart zizu mm. now if he is a if he comes in and he's a big dick stud like we'll we we'll could do be something on this year. Yeah. He needs to come in and instead of being a fuckwit like he has been for his whole career because you can tell by the amount of clubs that he's had by the age of 27 that he's a fuckwit got a personality. If he just shuts if he just shuts his mouth and just be he's a big dick stud in this pissy little league um we could be on. And yeah. if 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 that happens this year fucking sign me up because we haven't had a big dick stud do something exciting at this club for so long. Mm. So yeah. I want to put it on Kmart Zizu. It's all
0: down to you, mate. It's 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 actually a really incisive call because coming back to this whole formula business, like you get those signings right. You get the, the limited visa players right that you have and you have the right tactical approach and you, you, know, you avoid a few key injuries to certain players. And we're going to get into personnel, but, you know, the whole Rolly topic is the – the elephant in the room in terms of the squad composition, the, the fact that he is the only recognised striker. Now there's arguments to be had about, you know, the likes of Eli Adams and, and other youngsters that could potentially step in, uh, in in that space. But from a personnel perspective, um, the key theme, and I think we touched on this last episode, is that we have actually been very light on this se- this coming season with new players. Mm. And there's been that push to promote from within. So apart from Arzani and Machac, it's more or less the same squad with lots of younger players added to those senior ranks. And I actually think this is a really good thing. Very little upheaval. Jake Brimmer returning as well, which is absolutely critical to all of that. So, Mm. Buds, you touched on the defence. That back four, I reckon the back four is up there with the best in the league i know everyone groaned with Treora returning but he gets up and down the park and knows the league and he doesn't take a visa spot and with him and leno sharing that during the season i think there's cover there gary is a locket right back so i think defensively and we can rely on Izo. i think the back four's pretty damn good
2: right gary is like a new player like he 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 was hardly there last season and when he was he he clearly wasn't right so if he, his body is right this year we know what we get from jace Gary, and it's almost like a a new player again so but yeah i agree with you budza uh, um kmart zizu um quite possibly could be the most important player in this squad because if he's good it takes creative pressure off Jake being the sole creative outlet, and maybe Ooh. just maybe, um, the likes of Arzani and Icon and Falami benefit from someone like him, and maybe English, it makes yep. Bruno's job easier. So he, he's extremely important, I think, and and but for me, the big question mark is is how does um, Machach and, and Brimmer line up? Um, because there's talk about Machach being more advanced than Brimmer. And and for me, I think we've seen what happens with Jake Brimmer when he's not in a number 10 role, when he's asked to do more than just float between the lines and attack. Um, he lacks. He lacks defensive work rate, and I think he lacks defensive positioning and, and just general knowledge of that side of the game. If he's been working on it, well, let's see it. But uh, I, I'm very hesitant to say put, you know, this new bloke ahead of Brimmer, because we've seen what happens with Brimmer when he's not in his best spot. I think these are
0: all good conundrums to have, and the addition of Ryan Teague into that midfield mix means that Popper seems to have a bit of a stable pack of players to pick from. I think what we have seen of Ryan Teague so far has been impressive, that stream that we managed to catch of the uh game in perth Mm. he was just involved in everything box to box like doing defensive duties getting involved in chains of passing through transition and creating goals um
2: It was everything, everything that Belinchi never did last season. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, I almost forgot what progressive passing from a central midfielder looked like until he got on the ball and it was like, "Ah, oh, that's what it looks like." And <laughs> yeah. oh, there he is again. Oh, yeah. And it was like, okay, you know,
0: th- this is encouraging. And I think mm. uh, the question, coming back to your the point that you raised around, is Brimmer going to be deeper than Machach? I. I mean, I I don't know the answer. And Mm. one of the issues is that both of them haven't had the ideal uh, pre-seasons. Obviously, Brimmer's Mm. still returning from his long-term injury. Machach hasn't been playing 90 minutes in these games and has had a couple of niggles, I understand. So I think we will see come round one, two, three. I think Brimmer won't be starting to begin with. In fact, they'll Mm. slowly reintroduce him. So it's going to be... Teague, Mark Sun, and Machach likely to be the midfield that we go with in those early rounds. And I'm pretty excited to see what Machach can bring, and he'll certainly be the most advanced of those three, Clarkie, like when Brimmer's still out of the side.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll look at that, and I think even potentially there's scope to have two number eights with Machac and Brimmer maybe you have... You know, you have Marchan as the as that holding midfield role, and then you have two sort of slightly more advanced sort of six come eights. You know, um, who knows? As you said, well, it, it'll be. I watch this space. It's um, it, it's weird to have options. Um, we didn't really have options last year in, in that area. Um, hence why we had to play Josh Berlante all the fucking time. Um, so, you know, I guess that is, is cause for some sort of positivity.
0: Yeah, the midfield has some numbers there and some depth there. I want to talk a little bit about what is up top, and I'll bring you into the discussion here, Buds, because the big question on everyone's lips is, you know, how's Daniel Arzani going to fit in this Popovich lineup? In preseason so far, he's looked impressive, But are we going to see a return to the Daniel Arzani of old or is it just going to be this inconsistent scenario and we're seeing yet another player with all this promise as a youngster just sort of fade away into obscurity like so many have before him? Buds? Uh, The
1: time is now for him. So, look, I I can't speculate. How, how mediocre or how fantastic he's going to be? Uh, what, what I will probably guarantee is he's not going to be dead awful. Um, that, that's for sure. Um, he he played well enough um, in some of his performances for for Macarthur last year, but you could just see that you know. Yeah, someone coming from the the meteoric the meteoric rise that's already been to Europe, and you know had some big performances at a world cup, as in like, you know, being on the big stage, um, the play in front of, you know, 2000 people on a, on a, on a cow paddock with people ringing cowbells. He just probably wanted the fuck out of there. So (laughs) I think coming back to the A-League was a good move for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and look, he's been pretty active in, in the clips that I've seen from the preseason as you have, alluded to it's probably been the worst preseason from a fan perspective by mm. by some by some margin. It's the first preseason that I've not been to a preseason game. Um the games that were on were you know the the club on their socials probably let people know you know for the ones that were able to attend probably within forty eight hours of the game itself. Uh week nights awkward times interstate Behind Most closed doors, behind so we're really doors, we're, we're, we're yeah we're really relying on you know, some pretty short sharp uh, visuals that we've got, um, and then you just get to look at the score sheet at the end of it, and you know Azani's name has popped up a few times. So look, I, I I feel like I feel good about him. Um, I feel good about him playing for us. I think he definitely wants to be here. Um, anything that I've seen, he seems happy um you know he's pretty he's comfortable enough to wear those fucking hats and that in the um in the kit releases and the press releases so you know he seems pretty comfortable where he's at and what he's doing and hopefully it translates into good football so i'm i'm definitely as as i said that when i was um you know pro him signing us i'm definitely going to back him in this season i'm actually pretty excited to see him play i
0: feel like we have and I'm I'm quite bullish about this. Out in those wide areas, probably the best pick of the players across the league. If you add them all up, in Azani, Economides, Falami, Nishan Velupulae, in terms of four players, and you know, icon recent issues notwithstanding on paper which is all we can do at this stage i think that's when you consider the the, the strengths that we have out wide um that's that's right up there and and i know that other clubs have players you know sydney have joe lolly you know and and and, and city have recruited some some talent in that space as well which is is evident in other Parts of the league, but in terms of having four players of that ilk, Tony Popovich's, fo- Tony Popovich's sides have always had that. I guess one front man usually, and for Neroles, that player this season. But I think where our goals are going to come from are in those wide positions. Yeah, how do you see it, Clarky?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like we, as you said, we do we do have on paper a lot of quality in wide positions, but you, you kind of also look at all of them and really they all have a point to prove this season and they all probably Indeed. want to want to do something this season you know um you know Arzani's looking to to reignite his career as you said Budza um Icon you know wants to rediscover form in his final year of his contract and not be considered the worst marquee in Melbourne Victory history um Nish wants to kick on with his career and and take the next step. And I think you could probably also say the same for Falami. So there's no shortage of motivation in those areas. So, you know, we've got a lot of players there and it's all a lot of what if and if it goes well, well, all the motivation is there for them. It's just, are we set up for them to succeed? And I guess that's only, we'll only find that out in time. Um. I'm extremely bullish about Daniel Azani. I've been an unashamed Daniel Azani booster for a number of years and I'm not willing to give up on the talent that I saw as a kid just yet. Um, so we'll wait and see, I guess, but if it comes together, we are absolutely laughing in those areas. Um as there's you said. there's there's a lot of talk about age
0: ages you know in football and have we got the right sort of demographics and I heard this brought up at the member forum uh and, you know for all too old blah 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 and like you look at those four wide players and they're all either at peak age or at the age and had enough games under their belt in this league at this level to now accelerate and there's no excuse really for them not to as you said though clucky it is that system you know what how how, has it been designed effectively enough to to harness what they have to offer in footballing terms
1: yeah it's gonna it's gonna come down to how tony sets us up and the football he wants to play
0: um
1: it's the same as the other tony in the in the world cup that we hosted you know all the talent in the world to 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 win the (laughs) tournament but it just depends how they uh how they're set up and the tactics and uh, substitutions again. And it depends how much Tony wants to back in the youth. It's all good to get the youth um, and have them in the squad. But if you're not going to start them, you have to give them minutes because there are no meaningful minutes underneath the Um, A-League. We know this. The kids don't play. They don't play. So um, it's going to squarely fall on him. It's, it's, It's do or die for him as well.
0: Now, before we get into what we think our best 11 might be and dive into our predictions as well, I want to briefly touch on how will we stack up against the rest of the league. And look, it's one of these competitions, the A-League, where you know you could have finished second last and you might finish second the year after just because of the way the league has evolved and the salary cap nature of it all. And it's it fluctuates a lot. Now, I've looked at the rest of the league with a jeweler's eyepiece, gentlemen. I've looked at their ins, their outs, their overall squad composition. And I can honestly say that it's a really even league this year. I mean, CFG obviously have some advantages by way of their infrastructure and so on, but they've had a lot of turnover. The the austerity measures, I reckon, are really visible all across the league. There's been this recurring theme of not, I mean, there's been movement, but there's also been a lot of promotion of youth. I think we're going to see a lot more of that sort of, remember the COVID seasons where teams were kind of forced to play kids and it actually resulted in some really good uh, football. But I actually feel when I look at the rest of the league and, line up our squad against the rest of it, I think we're going to go well. And I think it's chiefly because, for me, the departures across the rest of the league are bigger than where it's been with us. So those outgoing names, you know, and Goodwin and um, Cummings, and there's there's a whole big list of them this time, but we haven't had those. We had Berlante head off, right? Um, so that's kind of how i see it i think when you look at the whole league we actually stump up okay it's just about getting those formulas right when the season starts so the best 11 how do we see it well you know just picture the little football pitch in your mind and as i said earlier a sort of a 4231 or a 433 depending on how you look at it with or without the ball it can be malleable in that way, but to me, obviously, it's Izo in goals, Geria at right back, de Silva and Miranda partnering in in the centre of defence, Traore at left back, and then the midfield combination. This is where some debate could be had, but I think Mark San, Brimmer, and Machach for me. Uh, the debate, the big debate, will be as to w- whether Machac is more advanced. Clarkey seems to think it'll be Brimmer. I'm I'm not so sure, and then Azani in the advanced area right hand side Econometes on the left but you know his job security and place in that starting 11 is probably the one that sticks out for me I mean Falami and Nish I have no issue seeing their names on the na- on the team sheet ahead of Economides. it's an they're starting at the same position like do you guys agree like do you think that because of what has happened the last season and economy season just not doesn't seem like he beats players anymore. and mm. you know, like it's good competition, I guess.
2: He, he probably only starts there purely based on wage and status as marquee. but uh, 100%. but his his position is is anything but safe because there's there's two players that arguably should be and probably will be hungrier to, to take that spot off him. And as we already mentioned, Dave, um, the question marks about the configuration of the midfield um, is probably the next question mark. And then probably the last one is um, left back is Traore's to lose uh, to young Franco uh, Lino. If, mm. if Lino's good enough, I, I'd like to see Lino really challenge Triore. Uh I would have been happy seeing Lino go into the season with that starting position, but I just don't see Popovich starting Lino over Traore. I, I just don't see it. So hopefully Lino can really push Traore because I think as we've covered before, um I think all of us would be okay with Traore as experience depth for Lino to, to um to learn off, but coming in as a start, it's it, it leaves a bit of the, the oh same old same old dipping back into the to the old boys club kind of feels again but uh again it's all just a wait and see kind of scenario. Budza, any thoughts?
1: Yeah I, um, yeah my thoughts exactly look I, I pretty much agree with your uh eleven Dave. I I I don't have any issues with it and um purely from the fact too that I, I've I've not seen Popper put any faith or trust in young players over senior players, ever. So that that's definitely the reason why I would not think that Alino would start. Or um, look, I think he did get a lot of faith and did um, have a lot of love for Benny Falami last year. Um, I think Falami was one that got you know extra minutes last year than, than previously, um, which was good to see. But yeah, I think I think that's
0: how we'll um I think that's how we'll shape up in the first match. And obviously for Neroli up top. Now there's a lot of players that are going to be pushing and one or two injuries and those players. I think you know when you consider Lino is the clear deputy at left back, which is great. You know, he's an academy product. That's exciting. Jason Guerrier, you'd like to think that you know it'd be Stefan Negro that can deputise when he's unavailable. But I guess what we're really hoping for is one of those seasons where not too much goes wrong. All right, let's jump into predictions. I want to talk about where the VAC will finish on the table come the end of the season. I'm going to quick fire to you both and then I'll finish with mine. Bud's up. Psst. I was on mute. Fourth.
2: <laughs> oh fourth I said seventh I had fourth as well
1: <laughs> Yeah I look usually I go in as first but um Yeah it's it's literally <laughs> one of these things where not many of the Be other bad. teams have gotten better like not many of the other teams have improved they're probably only going to get worse and we we might just have a rise by default which is great
0: Who's going to win the victory medal?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the popular choice of uh, Daniel Arzani.
0: Bud's up. Um,
1: Didn't old mate De Silva win it off like eight games
0: last year? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think he'll win it again. I did consider that, but then I thought, I don't want a defender to win it this time. I want... You know, if, if we're going to be a winning team, and I'm looking at this through that glass half full approach, like we're going to do it up the other end of the park this season, and I'm also nominating Daniel Arzani to Ooh, win the victory medal. Dave's on board. I am. Yeah. Well, you know what? You got to get on board, Vuckers. You you just <laughs> you can't wallow in your, your in your own. Negative juices all the time. It's it's I'm I'm
1: far I am far more positive about this season and excited after talking to you guys for 35 minutes.
0: There you go. And that's what our listeners are feeling too. You feel it in your fucking bones, can't you? That's it. All right. Which player will surprise and impress the most this season? I know it's a bit of a weird sort of ambiguous question, but try and answer it.
2: Well, I've kind of split this into surprise and and impress in separate. So surprise, Daniel Arzani again, because I think there's a lot of Ux that just are not on board. Um, so Daniel Arzani will surprise. Impress Ryan Teague simply because he already has. Um if he's <laughs> if he's 10% better than the person he's replacing, that's a massive like that that's a massive upgrade. So yeah. Buds, any
1: thoughts? Um, I think Kmart Zizou in his tenth club, he's going to be the big dick stud that we've needed for a long time. The like next, he's, uh... he's he hasn't put much, he hasn't put much together. Like if you ever look at his go on a transfer market, go on a flop mob, look him up. He
0: hasn't done much. No. Like but he's but got what I what I like about that though, buds, is that you look at Guy Finkler before he came to us. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, didn't look so much. And it could be this under-the-radar type signing that Vuck fans have loved. Carlos, Guy, you know, Ben Calfella. It's just – Oh, no, look, he he, he had – Hopefully it fits that mould, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's obviously been a, a lifestyle thing. and like We've all seen anyone who's like, you know – pretty much people that listen to this show would have seen – because that they care and they're they're um online and they you know watch these things you know the brawl he had where he said he'll kill and he said to the other player I'll fucking kill you if this was on the street I'll kill you like that that's what's happened and he's been a bit of a party boy and a drinker but you know um Marseille took a you know Marseille believed in him when he was young and so did Napoli. So obviously he's been a bit of a dickhead. He's a ball um, and you know yeah, a bit of a baller. Um, look at him; he's pretty flashy. That's why I want him to be the stud. Like I, will, I'm, I'm, I'm into him. I'm into Zizou. Low key
0: into Zizou. All right. Well, on the who who will be the breakout star out of the younger brigade? And let's let's sort of keep keep the the category of younger brigade as I'm going to go with like 23 and younger thereabouts. Who's gonna be that breakout star this season?
2: I'm gonna go with Ryan Teague. I think he falls into that category. He's 23,
0: isn't he? Yeah, he's he he just came off being, you know, Oli captain, I'm pretty sure. And uh yep. still haven't heard that accent. So I've got to get around and uh hear the hear the hear the it's, videos. But I'm, it's I'm pretty
2: confused. It's a no, bit. But of I'll,
0: This is – it's very intriguing to me. I'm a big fan of these things, so I'm going to – Big accent guy, hey? Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Buds are – sorry, Buds are the breakout star for you this season.
1: Um,
0: What's – what is it?
1: What's the age limit?
0: 23 and under. Thereabouts. Yeah, I'll, I'll give or take. Give or take. It's look, we're pretty we're pretty heavy in
1: the midfield with the younger players, and I just I just can't see too many of them breaking through. But if um, if I have my wish, uh, let's have a look here. Oh, here we go. Attacker. I'm just looking at the club website, and and George Timothy is still in our squad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. Um, let's talk about austerity measures. Um, yeah, this is great podcasting here, Josh uh, Adam Josh. D- Adam Duratovich. Is well, you know what?
0: Yeah, well, you know, Duratovich had some great moments in the NPL, and um, we'll be talking about him a bit later on. Yeah, yeah, because if academy, if Bruno's right?
1: if 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 Bruno's injured, God forbid, um, you know, you do need to. Duratovic
0: was the golden boot winner, you know, and and the other one that we got to keep an eye on is uh, Menelao you know, as well, you know. So these yeah. these youngsters that we we have them, right? You know, and and Josh Insera is another one that's been promoted. Um, there's there's a, a really good chant opportunity with him based on K Sarah, Sarah in Sarah Sarah. Like if he forges his way through to the first team, that could be an exciting one as well. But it's hard to go past Ryan Teague if you're going to count him as a breakout star. I mean, in, in the context of Australian football, like he's been playing off in obscurity over in Portugal, you know, out of sight, out in mind to Australian audiences. And in the snippets that we've seen, that Perth game in particular, he just looks like this engine in midfield that is just going to cover a lot of ground and just be this great creative player but also really handy in defensive phases of play. And at the other end, you know, he he created and was involved in the goals that we scored against Perth Glory in that televised game. He's He's
1: got luscious locks. He does. Yeah, he's yeah. got serious hair.
0: Looks like he could be a real surf, a surf, coast, a, surf
1: coast, surf coast type. Wave you know? that shit around, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Fuck let' fatigue train. Get on that's the
0: get on the train. That's it. Now, this is this is one of the uh, favorite um predictions that we like to make. On FVS. And I unfortunately haven't thought of mine yet. So <laughs> while you guys are giving your answer, I'm going to try and think of one, but what is your outlay prediction for the season? So something that's just no one's expecting to happen, but will happen. Clarky first. Uh, I,
2: uh, Tony Popovich is going to be gone by round 10. Whew.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: up. I thought about this one the other day uh, in the shower. That's where I do my best thinking. Um, Here's my outlandish prediction for the season. There will be no controversy. This will be a controversy-free season, and Melbourne Victory fans will be satisfied.
2: That is outlandish. No drama in the A League. <laughs> Australian football no is no drama. That's, man, a, that's a bold prediction, buds. I love that
1: Melbourne victory, and I'm talking off the pitch and on the pitch. It'll be, it'll be a normal season
0: of sport. Oh, we can only we can only hope for that, buds. Um, my outlandish prediction relies on an unfortunate. Thing happening. Uh Adama Traore losing his spot one way or another to Franco Lino. And Franco Lino becomes the next big thing in Australian football. Like Geordie Boss, who just got his opportunity at CFG, who just has now gone off to players trade in Europe. Was given that opportunity uh, at City and, and just excelled. I really want to see. That happened to Franco Lino. So it's outlandish. It's hopeful. Uh, no offense, Dumb Ray, but uh, that's just where my head is at at the moment with it, this squad. All right, let's round out these predictions. Boys, who's going to win the league? We said fourth, fourth, and seventh, but who's going to win the fucking thing? City. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, is tough because I, I actually think City, it's Rado Vitisic, like, and they've
1: gone oh, through he'll be, a big, mate, big mate, transition.
0: Mate, There's Kisno- been a transition. No. I know they've got the resources and they're probably favourites, but something no, about They'll suck the him
1: and sticks. bring Kisnormo back. Yeah. They'll bring, they'll bring Kisnorbo back. How
0: funny is the Norbo stuff being over there at Twa like that? I don't,
1: I don't, it's, yeah. <laughs> Who cares his
2: shit?
0: Fuck him. Exactly. Yeah. No, but we knew that was going to happen, that he'd be exposed. But anyway, we digress. Who's going to win the golden boot?
1: Jamie
2: McLaren. The,
1: oh, that stud that Sydney got because they always have a fucking stud striker. They oh, always that. have a stud Oh, the Brazilian. Brazilian yeah, 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 yeah. No, they. they look, that's the one thing I've always been jealous of Sydney. They they know how to sign a striker. They they yeah. that's their that's Lafondra. they fucking do it. They do it well. oh yeah. Lafondra, fucking Yanko fucking off yeah. Like it doesn't matter Bob-off. who it was. Yeah, look, You're Del Piero. Wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna go with they, a different they, one They signed, oh, sorry, they, they sign strikers and they score goals. Uh, it's what's his name? Gomez.
0: The, the Brazil they've signed him on loan though, haven't they? The Sydney, Sydney FC, I guess we're going to find out this weekend. We're going to find out and hopefully not fuck around, but the, the, um Gomez up top and their other Brazilian as well, let's um, on mm. loan. Well, you know, I think that it's an interesting one uh, for a club of their stature, but my answer to the golden boot, I'm going to just go with one different. It's, um, Marcus Antonston at um, the Wanderers.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm going to pretend that, you know, I've spent ages researching that, but more to the point, he's a proven quality. Wanderers have found one there, I think. Good age still. So that's my prediction. And final prediction, gents. Who's going to win the Johnny Warren medal?
2: Daniel Pena.
0: Oof. he's at uh, Western
2: United now, isn't he? Yes, absolute baller, and um, oh, I think he's he just what again, they though. need. I think he's just what they need.
0: That's a really um, interesting one.
1: Yeah, I had look. I've probably got them in the top four as well. Um, I don't know why. Um, I think the uh, Johnny Warren Medal will be. Chris Conamedes.
0: <sighs> <laughs> you just want another fucking soundbite for when the, the uh, completely unexpected happens. I'm going to go with Joe Lolly. Joe Lolly's going to win the fucking Johnny Warren Medal. Um, yeah, I was looking. At, I was looking at him. I think
1: yeah,
0: he'll, he's a handy player, and he's now just got a season under his belt. I remember being at Oakley for one of those. Pre-season games. It was, I think, it was a an Australia Cup game, and Sydney were there playing Oakley, and got into him a bit from the sidelines there, and he actually took it pretty well. And boy, has he come on in leaps and bounds as a player. I think Sydney FC will be right up there again. They're well resourced. Uh, it, it, I mean, you can always. There's always one bolt from the blue. There's always one of Newcastle, Perth. New owners announced today, interestingly. yeah, you know, one of Newcastle, Central Coast, Perth or Wellington will also make a big impact on the season and be a bit of a dark horse or a bolter. But that's probably it for our predictions, gents. Let's leave them there. Uh, hopefully we haven't embarrassed ourselves when we look back upon these in about 10 months' time.
2: Hi, it's Kayla Morrison. You're listening to the only Melbourne Victory podcast by the fans for the fans, for Vuck's sake.
0: Okay, let's quickly round out all those other bits and pieces. New captains Roddy, Roderick Miranda, Waris Wadwick. He's our new captain. And Kayla Morrison as well. Uh, That can't be argued with too much, can it, chaps? I mean, pretty. Good choices. I mean, Brimmer was one that I was thinking about as captain in the men's team, but
2: I think probably Roderick's a good choice. Limited options in the men's camp for for leadership. Um, Miranda's surprising given the way he he played last season where he looked like he visibly checked out and didn't want to be there. Um, But he signed a new deal, so... And he's been given the armband. So I guess we'll wait and see. I'm actually glad that they didn't give it to Jake. I think coming off long-term injury, um, let him just focus on getting back to the best Jake Brimmer that he can be. Um, just let him worry about floating between the lines and and pulling all the strings from a creative point of view. So uh, I don't mind that he hasn't got it. Um, Kayla, Kayla's a fantastic choice. Um she she really embodies heart and soul um, of, of that team and of the club, really. Um, she's been involved in a lot of media. She was doing that Victory TV stuff um, a couple mm. of seasons ago. Um, she, she, you with, know, with, um, with Jake
0: Barker-Dash. That's right. I remember that. Uh, yeah. You know you're an uh, A-League fan when you start calling your dog Jake Barker-Dash.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I think she's... She's the perfect. She's the perfect fit. Um, Americans have that natural charisma and that and that leadership yes. about them. Um, she's she's a great. She's person. the best
1: stinger. She's the best stinger in our arsenal.
2: Absolutely, I'm glad right. we get to keep oh, using that one. Oh yes, absolutely, yeah,
0: absolutely. That's my
1: favourite soundbite that the club gave us from the players. Um, yeah, I like Roddy too. And look, pretty. Pretty interesting, given that you know, you did touch on that Clarky. That we did think he was out at the end of the season, we thought he didn't give a shit anymore. Um, his body language was pretty ordinary at the end of it, but you know, some there pretty was rumors he was going to city as well. There was that? rumors he was going to city in the off-season. we thought he was all but gone. So, what a turnaround! Um, and yeah, he fo- voted on by the players, so um, you know, they they get the captain that they chose. So great. Good stuff. Back him in. Mondo
0: Very Park. good. Very good. Speaking support of Mondo the boys, Park, the, uh, and we're going to support the girls here because there was another announcement recently around the uh, women and girls development fund. This one came off the back of Marco Rojas's hefty donation way back earlier in the year. And it just sort of came out of nowhere where it was this announcement about Marco Rojas handing over some cash, donating some money to the club. And the club have launched a women's and girls development fund with the aim of contributing to the growth of female football in all aspects of the game. So this is some sort of initiative where, you know, we're really looking to, I guess take advantage of a few things in terms of the groundswell of women's football bursting through the seams during the Women's World Cup and the interest in the sport. And it's no secret that the whole, you know, the participation rates of the sport, this has been this never-ending topic for Australian football fans. How do we convert those participation numbers into, you know, interest in the game as a whole from a supporter perspective as well? So. This is a really good initiative. And yeah, you got to call these things out. Uh, gentlemen, the other thing in that sort of space, good things is the academy. You know, there is no first three questions in that members' forum. I think we're dedicated to the academy. I think everyone's heard the questions and the answers to those questions so many times now. It's just like, all right, move on to the next fucking topic. Come on, yeah, we know there's no physical academy yet, but anyway. But so the wrap, there, there is a bit of a wrap-up for the academy. And I mentioned Adam Duratovich, gents. Have you seen you know, the boys in MPL 3 got promoted uh, and the victory medal winner as well, Alexander Menelou. We won't go through the other components of the academy, under-21, under-18, under-16, other than to say some good results. Okie doke So it all kicks off this weekend, Saturday night, Allianz Stadium, 7.45 p.m. against the old enemy, the big blue, Sydney FC. Gentlemen, what do we think about this one? Uh, how, how are you, any predictions, thoughts? Go on.
2: Looks like a tough start to the season, really, but uh, look at last season. We knocked them off there. We we ruined their uh, housewarming party of the new Allianz Stadium and we thought we were in for a fucking good season. Uh, it didn't turn out that way, but who knows? Um, it's so hard to predict at this time of the season. Sydney looked good, won the Australia Cup. Um, we've talked about their squad a mm. little bit. Um, it, would be, it would be a good start. It would be a big mark of intent if we could knock them off. Um, I'm not so sure, but... Stranger things have happened. Uh, they've got that Brazilian striker, as as Buds has said, and it looks like he's going to have pretty good service from Lolly and Mac on the wings. So we're going to have to be at our best,
1: Buds. Yeah, you know, you know what, um, you know what they're going to bring, um, Corica's, yeah, you know, Corica versus Melbourne victory has been a um, it's been a bit of a graveyard for us in terms of point collecting, uh, in, the, in probably the last five seasons, um, yeah, as as well as, you know, Mac and Lolly, you've got, you know, perennial victory hater Luke Bratton <laughs> there in the midfield kicking the shit out of our players. Um, you know, Caceres is in there, Ryan Grant, the perennial fucking tip Best. rat. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they, they've probably got some good youth coming off the bench in Wood. Who, um, who earned a starting mm. um, starting striker? Young, twenty one year old Max Burgess likes a goal against the victory as well. Um, so we we'll have our work cut out for us. Jeez, definitely, they're, a, they're a team life. of
0: team of fucking flogs, aren't they? Like you rattle off those names, oh you? yeah, they're just all shit blokes, all of them. Yeah,
1: yeah, even even Courtney Perkins, um, and then and then you got Red Daddy. As the uh, as the goalkeeper as well, so um, mm. yeah, tough, tough, tough one first up away again. Unfortunately, uh, probably just getting punished again for last year. Don't get to open open at home.
0: No big events, no moments in time, as Jace would call them, where people could think they could be heroes. Yep, uh, I think it's all low yeah, key. And-
1: yeah, and just um, yeah, I suppose the good thing about this, it's a primetime Saturday night, so it'll be on free to air. And those of you like myself who refuse to pay for Paramount um, can watch the game in Ultra HD um, with ad breaks included. So um, I'm all for the ad breaks this year. Can't wait. But yeah, look, um, in terms of, gc it'll, it'll be, it'll be a. T- yeah, it'd be a tough, tough three points. It'd be a good, really good three points to get. Um, let's back that defense in, Dave. Uh, you said it's the best back four in the league. So I'm going to go a 1 0, a 1 nil heist. Bruno Fornaroli mm. in the
0: 78th minute. Clarky, give us your prediction. Thanks, mate.
2: Uh, I'm going to default to what I normally do when I don't know. And I'm going to tip a Desmond. So I'm going to say it's going to be an entertaining 2-2 draw. And
0: I hate to be boring as well, but I'm pre- ugh, predicting a nil-all opener, a real fizzer to so get everyone excited about the new season. But we're going to go out there. We're going to play some Dow football. We're going to kick to prevent
2: them. Kick, them, kick so the fuck out of them.
0: That's it. Nil-nil no, no, on the road to Sydney. No, no harm yeah. in that result. Take a point. Go home. Recuperate. We're going to kick home. their butts. <laughs> Start off with low expectations and then get excited and have those expectations smashed. That's the pattern that we're in at the moment as Vuck fans, and that's been the pattern of the yeah, last few yeah. years. So that's the fuck pattern yeah. that I'm adopting. Uh, I'm on, and the on, on that note, I'm on the Vuck.
2: Fuck the entire state of New South Wales.